Hello, you're listening to the Voice Over Hour podcast, season two, with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, some more, some less. I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello everybody, hello and welcome. I'm so excited to have you all listening in now and to introduce our incredible guest today. We have the amazing Corey Walgren. Now, Corey um, is joining us today. I'm gonna to give you an introduction before I, I, we get cracking. Um, so she has had the most incredible career in voiceovers. From animation to anime to video games, Corey is one of the most well-known and in-demand voice actresses in the world. Uh, her first role um, as Haruko in FLCL remains a fan favourite and her voice can be heard in Emmy and animated award-winning animated films and TV shows. So her credits, I mean, there are so many, you just need to go to our IMDb page and it just goes on and on. Uh, credits include DC Superhero Girls, Rick and Morty, Teen Titans Go, Looney Tunes Cartoons, Curious George, DuckTales, Vampirina, Big Hero 6, the series, plus lots of video games, including um, Mortal Kombat 11, Final Fantasy 15, Fallout 4, Injustice 2, and so many more. Welcome, Corey. Hi, thank you for having me. That was such a nice intro. Yay, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's good to be here. It's it's really great to be here. You guys do such a great, great job with your webinars and everything. So thanks for having me on. Thank you. Oh, thank you. No, it's yeah, it's an honor to have you here today. And it's lovely to catch up with you and, and share your story with people. So um, yeah, just getting started. Do you want to like tell us how did you how did you get into the industry? Well, <clears throat> people always ask me, you know, how did you get started in voiceovers? And I think the big thing for me is that I loved cartoons when yeah. I was a kid, uh, and that was what really started it. And um, I would, you know, run around the house and I would act out the voices that I 
heard in cartoons and I would read storybooks to my parents and and do all the different voices. And apparently when I was five, I told my parents, I'm going to be the voice of a Disney cartoon someday. And, And it's so weird because people say, so you had this idea that voiceover existed at that young age. And I, I did. Mm -hmm. Um, so as I got older, um, uh, Batman, the animated series was another series that really influenced me a lot. And, um, uh, you know, I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z in, in college, and I uh, watched a lot of uh, the Disney movies and was very influenced by that. And so I always kind of had an eye towards voiceover throughout my creative growing up years. So I got a degree in theater uh, from the University of Kansas, grew up nice. in Kansas, and um did a lot of professional work for a year or so in Kansas City, and then I moved out to L.A. and and started trying to pursue on-camera and voiceover work. Uh, and I had made a demo before I moved out to L.A., and um, it ended up not being a, a good demo for L.A. Uh, so we can definitely talk more about demos if, if yes. you guys want to get into the demo conversation, because I've been there. Um and uh, but I just kind of kept, you know, getting feedback and getting suggestions and, and studying and uh, eventually got an agent that kind of believed in me and started booking some jobs. And, and the rest is knock on wood kind of history. They haven't kicked me out of L.A. yet. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And I mean, yes. Yeah, so you've you've worked on so many different like animations and video games and anime um, and what what changes have you seen over the years in the industry oh my gosh so many um you know i've been out in la now for 20 years and just even in the last five it's changed so drastically um you know social media has really changed things a lot um people you know it used to be you kind of had to you kind of had to audition and, and build up uh, a resume and stuff like that. And then maybe the fans would follow, but voiceover was always a lot more anonymous. And now, yeah. uh, good, bad, or ugly, a lot more people know who the voice actors are. You mm-hmm. can build an audience first and then use that to um, make your own projects. You know, Kickstarter didn't exist years ago, and people use that to uh, fund projects. Um you know, we've also seen that there's a lot more celebrity casting. I mean, it was a thing when I first moved out to L.A., but that's just uh, really exploded. So there's a lot more mm-hmm. celebrity casting, and there's a lot more creator casting uh, and creator-driven shows, you know. So so now if somebody goes and creates a show, they're much more likely to cast themselves in it uh, right. than to cast a voice actor. So all of these things, uh, you know, there there are pros and cons to it all, but definitely the industry has shifted a lot since since I started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of, so you, yeah, you're, you're well known for a lot of animation and video games and anime. And what, mm-hmm. what would you say, I mean, those three, they're all kind of under the same umbrella, aren't they? But they are very different. Yes, they they are very different. Um, even down to the way that we record them. Um, For anybody out there that doesn't know, um, anime would be 
you know, something like Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z are, are two of the kind of most well-known ones where it's a, it's a show that's been made in Japan usually or, or another country. And then it's brought over to the U.S. and we dub it into English and um, that's taken off. You know, it yeah. used to be a, a very fringe thing when I first started, and now it's gone very mainstream. Um, but we sync all of our lines up to a pre-existing picture. So your voice performance is really dictated by the animation that's already been created. Yeah. And and a lot of times you have to keep a nod towards the original Japanese performance. You know, you mm. you are paying homage to somebody else who has created the character. So you have to kind of keep that in mind to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, with original animation, um, we record the voices first. And then they send it somewhere to be animated. So something like DuckTales or um, Gravity Falls or something like this, you know, you record the voices and then they animate to you, to your performance. So if you want to take a huge pause, you know, in the middle of yeah. a sentence, they'll animate to you. Uh, you. You're not trapped into doing something that's already been, you know, fully animated. And with video games... Um, it's it's a little mixture of the two uh, because sometimes when you're doing an imported game, there are certain things that you have to really pay attention to timing. Mm -hmm. uh, timing's a huge thing in, in video games uh, because they may only have 3.1 seconds to fit a line in. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but also on the other side, you know, motion capture has really taken off. Again, that's yeah. something that has evolved so rapidly in the time that I've been doing this uh, and has gotten much more cinematic. Uh, so, so yeah, so it's, it's a very different recording process for each one of those. Nice. Do you have a favorite of the three or, or is that kind of it's a tricky one? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who is your favorite child? Yeah. Um, I, you know, for me, I just love the variety I yeah. that's what I love so much about voiceover is for me every day is different. Mm. Uh, so I can't I can't no, I'm not going to make you choose. No 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 I won't make you choose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. And um and you you go to a lot of conventions um to meet your fans. I mean obviously pre covid days yeah but that will come back that will come back we it's will, coming back i yes i good. just announced the first one for next year everybody Wonderful. it's going to be in nashville <gasps> in april so uh and. i man and i was supposed to do like 13 conventions last year it was the most i'd ever <sighs> agreed to do and then you know all but two yeah. of them got canceled because of covid so just know that next year yes there will be more They'll be back, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, so you meet a lot of your fans, but tell us tell us a bit of what that's like from your your point of view, you know, going to these conventions and meeting your fans. Um, I'm very introverted, so okay. it's been hard for me to do more conventions yeah. um, because I'm, believe it or not, I'm very, very shy and... Uh, so I have to kind of like work <laughs> work yeah. through some anxiety <laughs> to go to conventions. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, it's really lovely uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, with voiceover, so much of the job is 
you in a studio, in a dark room by yourself, yeah. speaking words into a microphone, maybe with an engineer and a director on the other side of the glass. Uh, and, you know, this last year it's been all from home, so yeah. there hasn't even really been that. Um, so you kind of create this thing and you put it out into a void. And I think that it's been so rewarding to go to the conventions and actually see the faces of people that have watched something that you did yeah. and to hear their stories. There's always at least one story at a convention that sort of makes me cry. Like, you know, this is this is the one show that my my teenage daughter and I can watch together. Or, you know, my dad was going through end of life and the only thing that he could watch that wouldn't stress him out was this cartoon that you worked on or you know yeah. this this thing got me through a very hard time in life and and so that's been really wonderful because a lot of times you just don't know if what you're doing touches anybody mm. and, and at conventions you really get to see that so that's it's pretty amazing Wow, and wonderful and amazing to be part, you know, to be part of the creative process of something that lifts other people's spirits. And yeah. I just think that that's, you know, that's that's there's something very special and magical about that. Absolutely. Yeah, which is wonderful. Um, so I know we've got lots of people listening and there's a mixture of experiences, some people who are very experienced in voiceovers, but there are, there'll be people uh, listening to this who are just starting out. So do you have any advice for anybody who wants to get into voiceovers? I do, because <laughs> I get asked this a lot. Yes. So for anyone who's new out there and you're just thinking... I want to try this. What do I what do I do? There are two big pieces of of advice that I have. First of all, um, get to know your voice. I know this seems so elementary, but have you ever have you ever called someone and left a message on their cell phone and then you hear it back later and you're like, do I really sound like that? Mm -hmm. Um. People, you've got to you've got to get used to what your voice sounds like. Definitely. So just record it, play it back. Um, you know, see how high your voice can go. See how low your voice can go. What happens if you add strain, like you know, eh, to your voice? Um, all of these things. Uh, start listening to commercials on on radio and TV. Start listening to cartoons and video games. Start listening to your to your GPS in the car, start listening to talking toys, mm -hmm. um, all of these things so that you kind of get a better idea of your instrument. Because yeah. if you were a musician, if you played the trumpet, you would practice and figure out what notes and things that you could make with the trumpet. And your voice is your instrument if you're in voiceover. So, um, so I always recommend to people, you know, really start getting used to what your voice can do, what sorts of voiceover you think that you'd be well suited for. Um, I always recommend that people read out loud every day. Um, it's, I, I just can't stress enough how important that is because there are so many times where we don't get the scripts in advance. Yeah. So you must be able to walk into a room, pick up a script that you haven't seen before, quickly read it over and make one or two choices. Um, or you'll go into an audition, you'll read your character and they'll say, oh, you know, can, can we just hand you another character to try? 
happens all the time. So, um, so I recommend if you've got tech manuals at home, something mm-hmm. for one of your cell phones or your microwave or anything like that, open up the tech manual and start reading out loud. Because when you get into video games, I'm telling you, the tech babble is is real you know the yes. hyperflux of the front it vortex is. of these cylindrical you know it's it's just crazy <laughs> so so just kind of get used to just really wading through some some intense uh jargon yeah. uh and the last thing this is i say it all the time and it it is my bible i will preach it until the day that i pass a bad demo is worse than no demo at all. So please, if you are new, uh, don't rush to put a demo together. Mm-hmm. You know, there are rare cases where if you speak a very specific dialect or uh, if you're a minor, you know, and an agent says, listen, they don't care if you Uh, have experience or not, just put something on tape and we're going to send it over. Those are very specific cases. But in general, a bad demo hurts you so much more. And I I equate it to dating. Like if you go out on a blind date with someone, there's that moment of hope. Like, oh, maybe this is going to be my person. I'm so excited. This person could be awesome. And then the person opens their mouth and starts speaking. And you're like, ugh. You know? <laughs> I mean, am I, 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 can't, I, I can't be the only one who's had this experience, you know? Yes. And you just know within a couple minutes, oh, this just isn't going to go well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's the same way with a demo. The casting people want you to be good. The directors want you to be good. They want you to make their job easier because they need to cast the job. But very quickly they can tell if you're inexperienced. Mm. Uh, Very quickly, they can tell if the uh, demo is not well put together. And I know this because my first demo when I moved to L.A. was not a great demo. Mm. Uh, And I just couldn't get a meeting with an agent to save my life. And I finally just begged one of my friends that had an agent, can you just please ask your agent to just give me some feedback and the feedback was, she sounds a little green, and she's trying to show too much mm. on the demo. And I was like, what? How can you show too much? You know, if you're animation, you want to show them every single voice that you've got in your, in your uh, arsenal. Mm. And the truth is you don't. Yeah. You don't want to show everything. Uh, you want to show your strongest characters if you're going for animation, if you're going for commercial, you want to show your branding sound yep. within a range. Because especially if you don't have an agent, the demo needs to book the agent, if yep. that makes sense. Yep. Like, And they want you to make their job easy. Like, where, did, where does Kari fit in my roster of clients? Oh, oh, I would send her out for all of the mean girl teenage animation roles whatever yeah so i'm i'm rambling on and on but, no, th- no, but those are some super important <laughs> things and you know the thing is like once i went back and i redid a demo with with a really great woman and uh and i i was so skeptical cuz i was like man i'm only showing like four voices and it 
I'm like, I don't know. I got an agent. (laughs) And then once I got the agent and I was able to start reading copy with the agency, then they were like, huh, you know, you'd actually, why don't you try reading some more of this animation copy? Mm. And that's where it goes. Nice, nice. And yeah, showing that you can act, I think, is really, really important. On right. The, on the real Absolutely. Well. It's not just Absolutely. about funny character voices. It's about it's about the truth and being truthful in the moment. And Absolutely. Because yeah. that's yeah. another thing. You don't have to do a thousand voices. There, there yeah. are certain people in our industry that have a very distinct voice. And so yeah. they do one voice, maybe two tops, you know, but mm. they're great actors. And so yeah. they use that built in cool sound to create a lot of different characters with the same voice just because their acting is so strong yeah absolutely absolutely on that note we are going to take a short break guys and we're going to listen to some words from about our sponsors Uh, so stay with us this podcast is sponsored by audient studio spares black cat music studio bricks hindenburg and Sennheiser. Today's episode is powered by the Audient ID14 Mark II. Audient has become a key player within the recording world, boasting a competitive range of studio essentials. Find out more by heading over to audient.com. This podcast is recorded using the Imperative Audio Portable Vocal Booth and is sponsored by studiospares.com, the UK's best single source pro audio supplier offering up to 20% discount on selected products to the voiceover network members black cat acoustics proud to be the uk distributor for the studio bricks voiceover booths sennheiser supports you in your voiceover production with great sounding microphones and headphones They are ideal for natural recordings and critical monitoring applications where they ensure that your voiceovers make the difference. And finally, I want to tell you about Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. And we're back. Okay, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, moving on from, we, we were talking about getting into voiceovers. We talked a bit about demos. Um, in terms of auditioning, so how do you... What's your auditioning process? How do you kind of prepare for for an audition? And, and are there are there any kind of things that you do that kind of get you in the groove? Um, well, for me, I I try to take any clues that I can from the audition material. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get a drawing of a character. Sometimes you'll get a description of a character. Um, uh, sometimes you don't get any of that. And so then you have to start reading through the scene or scenes that you're given. And I, for, for me, I like to, if I don't have 
much to work with because sometimes you'll get these auditions and they'll give you like one little paragraph and it's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea of what's happening here. Um, and those are the most annoying because you're like, ah, just blindly going in the dark. Yeah. Um, so with that, make the strongest choice possible, even if yeah. it's wrong. Um, imagine the finished product. Like that's that's something that I love to do is I imagine the cartoon finished. Nice. Uh, so where is this little audition piece coming in the story? Uh, is this happening um, uh, right before the character is about to go out on a quest? Has the mother just died? Uh, is this after the quest has been realized and the character finally realizes that the friend she's been on the quest with the whole time is in love with uh, her sidekick? Mm. You know, those are different emotional intentions. And here's the thing. It may be completely wrong. Yeah. It may be completely wrong, but if you make the strongest choice possible, then if you get called to the callback, they're going to give you more information. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, actually, she's not talking to her sidekick here She that she's in love with. She's talking to her brother. So yeah. you don't want to be in love with your brother. <laughs> you know? yeah. it's a different, yeah. That's a different kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I've had that happen to me. You know, I, I did this audition where I made the choice to, you know, be declaring my love to this character and they brought me in for the callback and they're like well he's actually your brother so we don't want that but what we did like was your vulnerability your you know your softness to the sound whatever it is yeah so don't be afraid to fill in any blanks that you're not given yeah um that's i guess my biggest suggestion nice nice that's really really helpful and i love that i think so often it's it's the yeah it's the extra bits that you do outside of the audition to kind of get yourself yeah so that you feeling truthful and in the moment so um so yeah really great advice thank you um and so in terms of your career i'd love you to share with us maybe a some a challenge that you faced in your career and how you overcame it Oh, man. Um, Sorry, I've kind of thrown this at you. <laughs> no, this is good. It's deep. We're, mm. This is the part of the show where we get very existential, everyone. That's it, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I would say this, that the... that just rejection is hard. Mm. Um, you know people look from the outside and they say oh my gosh your job is so amazing and and it must be so much fun and it is it really really is but you know somebody told me once that the uh, somebody who's really successful yeah. books one out of 50 or 100 jobs wow you know and that's somebody who's successful yeah um so i can say that there have been times where it just feels like oh my gosh i I'm auditioning and auditioning and this isn't, you know, landing or I definitely had a period of time earlier on in L.A. where I just thought, you know, I'm giving this 
a few more years, and if just nothing starts clicking, then I'm gonna I'm gonna reevaluate because I had a great career in Kansas City, and maybe I'll go back and just work in Kansas City. Um, mm. And the thing I've really learned that I think is important is you've got to have a life outside of your acting. You've got to have a yeah. life outside of your voice acting. And um, not only is this good for you mentally and emotionally, but the more of a life you have outside of your acting, the more life you have to bring to your acting. Mm. And it's amazing to me. It never fails that the more you pursue the hobbies that bring you joy, the more you spend time with people that uplift you, the more you create a life outside of just auditioning and thinking about work, the more you have a, an energy and a, a different, just a different set of life experiences to enrich your acting. It, it yeah. just feeds into each other. Um, and I, man, I've just had so many examples of that in my life. You know, I was training for a marathon once years ago, and I went to an on-camera commercial audition. And the whole audition was, so what did you do this weekend? And <laughs> so each actor on camera, hi, my name is so-and-so, and, -so, and I, I worked on a scene this weekend with my scene partner and I went to an acting class and I, um, you know, did some, some reading out loud and really kind of worked on some stuff. So, you know, there's yes. that person's audition. He, and so the guy got to me and he said, what did you do this weekend? I said, well, we had our first, <laughs> I'm training for the New York marathon and we had our first 14 mile run this weekend. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. How was that? And I said, well, it was fine, but uh, but I'm amazed that 14 miles felt a lot different on my knees than than 12 miles the, the week yeah. before. And, yeah, I'm kind of hobbling around like a grandma today. And, oh, when is the New York Marathon? Oh, it's in November. Ooh, it's going to be cold. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, guess who got the call back? Yeah. Yeah. And the marathon had nothing to do with the audition, with the product, nothing. Mm. But it was me bringing something about my life into that experience. And, and that is what enriches your work yeah yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic advice uh, and it really yeah it really is important uh, and I'm gonna just yeah say about the rejection thing because it does <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> um yeah rejection can be so hard especially early on in your career uh, and well actually any, any stage because because we we get rejected you know whether we've just started out or whether we've been in the industry for 20 years so there, yeah. there is always that and it's just I think the thing, you know, you've just got to kind of just move on and just say, okay, that wasn't for me, that, you know, the, and 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 be pleased for the person, you know, who was right for the job. Yep. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, and so, I mean, kind of similar to that, but, but, you know, what would you say in terms of, you know, obviously your peers and you are, you know, up there with, you know, some of the most successful people in our industry. What would you say the key to, to success in voiceovers is? Um, I would say... Big question. <laughs> gosh, I would say persistence and yeah. consistency. Um, I... I 
I think consistency is so important because um, your job is just to give the best audition that you can, the best callback that you can, because there are a hundred things happening behind the scenes that you have no control over. Um, and I, I offer this as an example. You know, there was this role that I really wanted, and uh, I. And it had a song that went along with it, and I worked really super hard on the audition, and I uh, worked on the song a lot, and um, just went over and over and over it. And I, I knew a friend of a friend who was going to be um, directing, and I said, hey, would you just be willing to listen to the audition, any feedback you have? And so they listened to it, and they said to me, listen, do you want my honest, do you want honest feedback here? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm making up a name here, but this person said, the honest truth is they want Taylor Swift. And if they can't get Taylor Swift, they want this girl that's on this other CW show. And if they can't get that girl, then they need a quick fill-in. Mm. And for anybody out there that's like, uh, you know, is just demoralized by that, don't be. Don't be. Because let that take the pressure off you. Mm. It doesn't matter how good yeah. your audition was. It doesn't matter how much time you spent. It had nothing to do with your performance. You could have given an amazing performance. And here's the epilogue to that. My My audition was strong enough that I booked side characters on the nice. show. The director and the casting people called me back in for other things on the show. And so the consistency piece is so important because even if the part isn't yours, you want to book the relationship. You want to book the the uh, book the room, you know, book yes. the show. Um, because if you're auditions are just consistently good, people in that world remember you. And when things pop up and, and the right thing comes along, they're like, oh, we got to get Kari in for this or, oh, we've got to get, you know, Bob in for this because mm -hmm. he's just so solid and, and I know that he can come in and knock out this thing. And uh, that's how you, if you want a career in voiceover, that's how you, you know, start making progress. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and um, do you have, so where do you, where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, <laughs> uh, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend, like, you know, I highly recommend impressions yeah. because if they're bad, it's even better because it can lead you to new characters. Yeah. Uh, so if you uh, are, you know, watching a TV show or or you're seeing something in the news or whatever, do your best impression of whoever is on the screen or on the radio and stuff. Mm. Uh, and it may be terrible. Like there are one or two characters that I've done that are actually my terrible impressions of 
somebody famous. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but that creates a starting off point for you to be like, oh, my gosh, that's kind of an interesting character. Mm. Uh, same thing with um, songs. Like, music is really inspiring for me. And, you know, if you try to mimic some singers or it, how would how would this singer sound if he or she was talking yeah. uh you know that can just be such a, a source of inspiration and and creativity yeah wonderful amazing thank you so so much Corey. this has been a fantastic interview you shared so much brilliant information with everybody listening um so thank you Oh, thank you so much for having me. And just best of luck to everybody out there who's on their voiceover journey. Um, hang in there and just, just keep doing the work. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season two, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode bringing you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry.